welcome to smart cherry's thoughts this is sai from india Yeah, hi, hi, Kelvin. Yeah, sorry for the hiccup. This is take two, I guess. Hopefully, yeah. we get it right this time. I'm still centered. I can hear me properly. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, if you can be on your right side a little bit. My right. So, is it like this way? Uh, or yeah, that way? This is this is perfect. Okay, cool. Thanks. All right, so let's do it again. Yeah. Hi, hi, Kelvin. Hi Sai, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's um seven forty four a.m. in Nigeria. I actually got out of bed just because I was like twelve minutes from this call, but it's fine. It's good. That's great, man. Thank you very much for giving me opportunity to interview you for my YouTube channel and podcast. Yeah, sure. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So I thought I have seen your profile. I can see you are doing a lot of work. So I thought to tell about your work to my audience. So can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Kelvin Omerishane. I'm from Nigeria. I have been doing web dev since 2018. Right now, I am currently web development consultant, helping web development teams ship. Less JavaScript to their users, you know, like for them not to hurt their user experience and also for them not to hurt their businesses because they just, you know, ship too much JavaScript. I am also an indie hacker. I have been working on products since 2020 when I built salesguys.com, a platform to learn full stack JavaScript with the SalesJS framework. I've also worked on a JavaScript tool for developers to just like tinker around with their JavaScript called Copy. Currently, I'm working on my third commercial project, which is mostly to scratch my own itch, as the rest were. It's called Hackfish. It's to help um, modern creators send invoices, you know, manage their invoices, and a lot of other stuff, and it will be, like, launched soon. Um, I am also the lead maintainer of SalesJS, which is an open source project. It's a web framework to build... Um, full-size JavaScript applications. I've been a technical writer. I have a YouTube. I all around, I just like sharing the things that I learned. So I've just found a lot of outlets to do that, be that articles, be that tweets, be that YouTube videos or courses. Yeah. So before getting into more about your work, uh, I want to uh, uh, introduce my uh, sponsor for this uh, episode. Uh, it is 
sales and customer facing teams often switch between various communication tools causing time management and visibility issues that slow down deal velocity the solution is start adam with start adam your team can centralize all communications within your chat tool ensuring compliance no more switching waiting or fragmented chats sales teams uh, reach customers where they are building trust and relationships through co- constant communication plus start adam auto summarizes conversations in your crm eliminating data entry and speeding up deals join start adam today and start building customer relationships with centralized and compliant chats thank you very much uh, again uh, uh, for being on my show kelvin so so you are a web consultant you are a web design developer consultant so uh, uh, tell me about uh, your projects uh, you are from uh, nigeria yes i am from nigeria um so i actually so before now i used to have like a 9 to 5 job um i've been a developer advocate twice for two different companies so um i think about a month ago um i was like you know what so there was a layoff and instead of you know like trying to get back in the job market i was you know why don't i just do the thing i've always wanted to do which is like to strike out on my own um use my complex skill sets in order to like do indie hacking and also all these other projects i've been working on since 2018 actually 20 i'm sure i make it a little more profitable to sustain me so the goal is at least to get to 100% of my salary before now from all these different ventures right so i wanted to do consulting for two reasons right so one is to because i've been giving a series of talks um like four times now called do you really need all that javascript and i decided that i wanted to do consulting so at first i thought i'm going to do like a vue.js because i use vue the ui framework or sales.js consulting like help teams make better choices but when i did a little bit of self introspection i i discovered that what i really wanted to do if i'm going to consult with companies is to try to get them on the javascript diet and budget because what people don't understand especially in today's world of web dev where everything is done with javascript the more javascript you ship to your users the more they have to download the more they have to process and you are leaving your website also your business website at the mercy of the user's devices and not everyone's on a high end device someone is like going to be on like a low end devices kafnu processor that javascript so i've been giving a giving talk like you need to get your javascript on the diet and a budget and i was like why don't i just do this for teams like help them you know understand their needs and also help them get on the javascript right so that's why i, I got a shiplessjavascript.com domain and i did the announcement like i'm going to be consulting and helping teams to like shiplessj javascript so that's been fun and um for indie hacking right which is so that's the that's one thing about the internet i like which is give you this great opportunity to be from anywhere and build for anyone so far you are giving them value you could be anywhere and people can use your stuff so i've been hacking around since 2020 with salesguys.com and also gopi so gopi has been a little bit more successful than salesguys in the long run because people do buy the one year licenses to use the tool So my current project hashfish is for 
it's a pain I found after contracting and also hiring contractors for like, you know, for almost three to four years where, you know, there's not this modern tool that was built specifically for creators to like, you know, manage your invoices and not just invoices, things like contracts and all that stuff. So Hackfish is built to like solve the problem for me first and also a bunch of people I spoke to that want to like take away this um, pain. Which uh, there are tools out there that do it, but not this unique set of because I have a lot of context because I've been doing this for a while, so I really know what I wanted. And uh, fortunately, other people, other other remote creators also want them too. So that's been what I've been up to commercially, and I also do a lot of open source as well. And um, they just say lots, so you just have to direct me with where to go. So the projects that you are doing right now? Yes. Yeah, what kind of projects you are doing? Okay, so is it the open source one or the commercial one? Uh, uh, I can see uh, you have also founded uh, your own company. Yes, yes. So all the projects I'm doing right now, the the commercial one and mostly as some... The commercial one and all of the open source one are for... My company, the Salescast company, which is like the umbrella for everything I do, both commercially and open source. So we know it's open source, so there's no like any license. It's just it's like a, a use as you want license for them. So my company mostly is to let me a bit like the umbrella for me to build tools for developers and also other um, creators. So Hackfish will be like the first non-developer tool that I will be building, even though developers could use it to, like, manage your invoices and all, but it's not really, like, a dev tool. It's more like, you know, like a creator tool. So, yeah. So, you created it? Yes, yes. So, Hackfish is not really out yet. So, I'm working on the 1.0. Just a couple of fixes. So, I am going to close launch it. So, I have, like, a wait list. So I'm going to launch it to those in the waitlist closely. I'll also use it for a while before I launch it out in the wild. So it's like 80% done. So the other 20 should... Um, so I plan to launch it by the end of the year, but if not possible, it's going to be like the um, January 2024. So what tools and uh, technologies that you use uh, to serve uh, businesses, businesses need? It can be open source or it can be uh, the commercial. Yeah, definitely. So for me, um, to solve businesses' needs, it it depends on what the problem is really. Um, so if like it's a web dev problem, like you know, like with my consultancy, um, there are a couple of tools that could actually help uh, companies solve their to get their JavaScript on the on the diet, right? For example, the the first tool is to just not ship any JavaScript at all, right? Like, you know, like for marketing pages, if there's no interactivity on your page, there are a couple of technologies I could suggest to let you, you know what, you don't need all this JavaScript you're shipping to do all this stuff, just let go of the JavaScript. So there are things like Astro, JS, um, there are also things like Inertia, so, and also I built like a stack that lets you use Inertia.js, which is like a very nice way to build single-page applications today that will really um, lead to you having more, uh, two code bases for your API and for your front end. 
And um, so, yeah, and there's also a tool called Quick. And another thing that we cannot control, which is our third-party libraries that we have to put on our pages. So for things like um, a good example is Google Analytics. Um, even though you don't use it first-party, it can slow down your website if you're loading it, just just having it run anytime it wants. So you could use something like Party Town to like de- delegate that to like a web worker, so it doesn't really affect your pages' performance for your users. So there's just a bunch of tools, and all these tools I mentioned are open source, and they are what I would recommend to companies when I know their unique use cases. And there are also others, but yeah. And what is your expertise? Yeah, my expertise is my expertise is on stack JavaScript. So um building web applications with just JavaScript from the server to the front end. Um that's where that's my domain. In terms of frameworks, I primarily use the framework of UJS for UI and for servers and building full stack applications. Like I use something called Sales and Node.js. Um so yeah, full stack applications with JavaScript. That's where that's my domain. I've been in that domain for like since twenty eighteen. Yeah. So how much you have experience as a developer, software developer? Yeah, so five to six years. So professionally I've been working since twenty eighteen, but I've been into software way longer than that. So probably discovered coding since twelve or eleven, I don't know exact. But um, professionally since 2018, so that will be like five, six years now. So uh, before that, uh, you uh, before 2018, what uh, what was your work? Yeah, before 2018, I was mostly just a hobbyist developer, really. So I was just um, taking free code camp courses. Shout out to them. Also learning from like uh, YouTube channels like the New Boston. And uh, Linda.com, I think now LinkedIn bought them or something like that. So I was, I was, um, I was just learning web development for the fun of it and for, for like solving problems. And that was what I was basically doing before 2018. I got my first uh, web development job. So right now you're working for your own company. Yes, right now I'm working for my own company, which is fun. I've also started. Um, one new venture, which is like a community for African indie hackers, which is to um, encourage Africans to do more indie hacking, because I feel it's one side of web uh, of the building on the internet that is not really tapped in Africa, because most folks just want to get a job. Not that there's anything wrong with getting a job, but I believe that you can also create on the internet. So I just want to uh, have meetups and summits so I inspire people to do that. So your clients are from Africa or uh, from other countries? Yeah, they're mostly from other countries, really. So even all my products, I think 80% of users and clients have always been from around the world, which is one thing I love the internet for, which is this unfair advantage of being anywhere and also have... Uh, businesses around the world. So 80 to 90% are just uh, from around the world, from the US, from the United Kingdom, from Australia, from, you know, from different places. 
So how is working for them? Yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, it's been really good so far. I'm, we're going to have like a meeting today as well. Um, so it's something I really like because I get to. It, it's more like it's not a passion. It's really okay. Maybe it's, maybe maybe it, it is a passion, but I get to understand their problems with their JavaScript applications and give solutions so i'm not like a freelancer i'm not like an expert consultant so they tell me their problems i prove it you know i then suggest solutions to them or help their team implement the solutions if they want them so it's two sessions right the first one is for me to just diagnose the problem then prove a solution if they want me to implement the solution with your team like to guide your team to do that that would be like, you know, maybe we could do like for like two, three weeks or even like a month, depending on how long they want me. So it's, it's been really, really fun. So the businesses that you worked for, which industry it belongs to? It's, so it, it could cost across a lot of industries really. So, so far you are shipping a JavaScript application. It doesn't really matter the industry you're in because, um, so the uh, other web dev shops or agencies who want like a third or an extra expert eye to look at their projects in order for them to like cut down the JavaScript you're shipping, it could be like a full-on SaaS application that their users are complaining, like, you know, this application is slow and they want an expert opinion on how to make it faster. So it, it doesn't matter the industry. So far, you have a website or web application on the web. I, I could help you out. So why I'm asking this question because uh, you are a developer, also a business owner. So yeah. uh, there will be a lot of business owners uh, who will be watching and listening to our conversation because they are not much into technology. They are not aware mm-hmm. of what tools and uh, technology has been used for their web applications. So if you can tell uh, how uh, the skill set that you have, the technology skill set that uh, that can solve uh, problems of a different uh, businesses that you have solved before. So if you can mention the businesses that you worked for, it can be a tech, technology industry or water industry or fish industry. So they can they can relate with it. Yeah, definitely. So um so let's so one good key study industry is like e commerce, right? I think everyone could um so you have a store, you're selling something online. Um and the simplest way is your users are telling you that it's slow to access your websites or your web application. It's slow to do stuff. And maybe you give that project to like a third party job to build and you don't really understand all the technicalities. But the only thing I want you to remember is they're telling you it's slow, right? And you want to make it faster because for every single your website is slow, you probably are losing money because people are just going to leave your website. All right. So that is the, the, the red flag you should be looking for. It's slow. And as a business owner, that's what you're look, looking for. As a team lead, let's say you are a development team lead. You want to make your code base more maintainable. So I'm talking to like the technical person now. And it takes you all too long to ship stuff, maybe because of the technical debt and our JavaScript you've already written. So that's the other signal for you to like talk to someone like me. 
who have the experience to understand your use case and also look at ways for you to trim down the JavaScript. So for businesses, your users are complaining that your website is slow or it's taking too long to load or they click something, it's not working immediately. So a good case study for like the businesses that help is like an e-commerce because an e-commerce should be fast. For example, it shouldn't take much time to do stuff. And also, if your business or your marketing page needs to be friendly to search engine that you want people to be easy to google you and that's not happening today because of the kind of the way your web application is built you should also talk to me because it's not seo it's not search engine optimization it's mostly trying to reorient your tech stack in order for you to build pages that google will like yeah so you're mostly into e-commerce business yes e-commerce fast applications um like just like i said so far you have a website online no matter the businesses you're doing you can be in the um delivery industry i'm also helping out someone with launching their new size application to pick like the right stack for them in order for them to build a nice marketing page that would also be SEO friendly. Okay, so it doesn't matter where you are, so far you have a web application need. Yeah. But I think commerce is a good use case. So do you remember the, the, the toughest challenges that you faced in this uh, uh in this period when you started your company from two thousand eighteen till now, the the toughest problems that you solved that you uh, feel proud for? Mm, so since twenty eighteen, um while I was contracting, I've built a couple of projects from start to bottom um, for Web3 projects, um, like, and also mobile apps. So I've been doing mobile apps before. So I think the most challenging bit was building mobile apps because um, even though it was interesting for me, I, it, the freedom we have on the web is not as, it's not the same for building mobile apps. So. But it was really fun building stuff with like Swift, um, Flutter, and all that jazz. So most mostly is um, building on these different platforms, and also the classic problem, right? Or consulting or contracting is getting clients. Right? So, but it, it's it's been really fairly good and easy so far. So that's just going to be mostly it's building on these platforms and also getting clients. So uh, the, uh, tell me about your team. Yeah, so that that's the fun thing. I, I don't have a dev team. I'm a team of one. I have contractors that work with me on contracts, mostly for designing. So maybe like graphics design, designing logos and stuff. But terms of development and everything I do, it's mostly just me. So what you can do? Um, what can I do? Yeah, what you can do uh, for any business? How you can help yeah. them? What I can do for a business today, which something I'm interested in, is to help them streamline the performance of their web applications by 
give them advice on how to reduce the JavaScript they are shipping today. Like I said, JavaScript can make your site slow. So if you don't know what JavaScript is, it's mostly what lets you click on the web page and something happens. So I can help you put your JavaScript on a budget. Yeah. So what do you see the change from 2018 to till now? Uh, the 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 performance in the internet when because you're building websites, how it is impacting the business website, the internet? Yeah, definitely. That's a good question. So this is the thing. So before now, like more modern, like maybe five, ten years ago, JavaScript was mostly just going to be sprinkled on your website for like little bits of interactivity. But these days, people are building entire like desktop-like or mobile app experiences on the web, and the only way they could do that is by having JavaScript handle a lot of the work in terms of rendering, interactivity, and all that. So the changes in JavaScript is not free. So businesses mostly like this app-like experience on the web, but it comes at the cost of you give it megabytes of JavaScript to your users to download and for their devices to also evaluate, which is the, so how fast their devices can do that mostly um, requires them to have fast devices, but most people don't have fast mobile phones or fast internet connections, right? So the change we've said is people are hurting their businesses because when these websites are being developed, they are being developed in the happy path, like we call it, where you have high-end devices, fast internet connection, but when you ship them, it doesn't behave the way you expect because the user don't have the same resources you have. Right? So we found that people are hurting their users and um, and also their businesses. In fact, um, someone told me, like, in confidence that an e-commerce shop, like a very big e-commerce, that if they were shipping something we call single-page applications today, they will be losing over $100 million per month because it will be so slow for the users to do stuff, they will have to leave. So just imagine the real business effect where an e-commerce shop will be losing like $100 million every month if they were just shipping too much JavaScript. So it's not a fictitious claim. It's actually a real world page today. So what myself and other people have known in WebDev, a few other people have been advocating for is like, let's, if JavaScript is not needed, they don't ship it. You could do everything with JavaScript, but don't just send it to your users, except it's needed to do stuff. So... That has been the change we've said, where everything, everyone is building everything in JavaScript, and they forget that the web is a platform, and the web have other technologies like HTML, like CSS, that could do a lot of the stuff that they are saving JavaScript for today. Yeah. So, as a developer, tell me this: uh, Is it possible for a business website uh, to be uh, performed in any devices in the world and in any country with a minimal internet connection? Yes, the technology exists today, but it's just the interest and probably the education. So it's possible to build a business website, and maybe it's just a website, you're just showing stuff, like by your marketing page. You need zero JavaScript for those kind of websites, like zero. 
And you find out that when you ship zero JavaScript and you just ship HTML, search engine will love you because Google Crawler can crawl it easily. And also your users will love you because they get to know the page really fast because JavaScript is the most expensive thing to send to them. So when you're not sending it to them, they're just going to have a better experience because it's not needed. Yeah. So internet business is huge. The websites are yeah. a lot uh, uh, in the in the system. So how we can able to uh, give the best website uh, with the best performance to the maximum users? Yeah. So like I said, the first thing, um, so I have this little rule of thumb, which is if it can be done without JavaScript, then do it without JavaScript. <laughs> That's my rule of thumb. So the first rule is don't ship JavaScript at all if you don't need it. The second rule is if you're going to ship JavaScript, you're like you, your application needs a lot of interactivity, then you need to understand the two ways that JavaScript can actually hurt your pages. One is on load time, the other one is on interactivity. So first of all, if the JavaScript is too much, it's going to take longer. I've seen websites ship over five megabytes of JavaScript for something as simple as a landing page. That is crazy because JavaScript is not needed to show you on the page. And your user will download that. And it's also, you know, data is expensive in most part of the world. You have, you're also eating up their data to just look at the landing page, which is not cool. So, but if you must ship JavaScript, there are a couple of technologies that exist today that lets you do that easily. So, for example, there's something called Quick. Um, it lets you do something called resumable web apps where the JavaScript is loaded on demand. So when the user needs the JavaScript, that's when it's being loaded. So that way, the, the startup time for your application is the same, no matter the JavaScript you're shipping. It's something crazy. I really like it because it just makes your app still like a single-page application. But the overhead of just, you know, as, because what a single-page application does is that at startup time, you just send all the JavaScript. Or even if you're doing something... Like, you know, let's server-side render some stuff. You're still going to pay the cost of connecting to JavaScript, even though you send an HTML. But, so there's zero JavaScript, first of all. There's also something like Quick. There's also something like Marco, which has been used by eBay for so long. So eBay uses Marco primarily, and it's, it's what they've been on. So you could use those sort of technologies. And even if you're using technology like React or Next.js, you need to learn how to make them not hurt your users. Because by default, if you don't tweak them, you could just be doing your users a couple of, like a lot of disservice. So what do you think uh, that most of the uh, software developers or business owners don't understand about uh, 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 how to uh, uh, make uh, a business application run in the internet properly. What do you think the common mistakes that they do and also which affects the budget? Yeah. So the common mistake is not knowing, not understanding the web platform. So most people get into web dev, as you can see to the developers now, they get into web dev by learning a JavaScript framework and they don't learn the web platform. So the things they are doing with JavaScript can be easily be done with the other parts of the web platform, whether the web APIs or HTML or CSS. So this lack of understanding or education of learning the web as a platform makes people use JavaScript for everything. 
I love JavaScript, right? But you don't have to. So we all love candy, right? But if you take too much candy, you're going to be sick, right? Because it's too much sweet for your stomach. So that's the same thing with JavaScript. Even though it's good, you can do this fun stuff, but too much of it is bad for your users. So when people don't understand the web platform as a whole, they get to do everything in JavaScript, which is their number one pain. And also, they don't just know, and they don't measure, right? So they they build in these high-end devices, like maybe like a MacBook or like an iPhone. And in the real world, in actual real use case, your user might not be on an iPhone. might be like an, an, an official low-end phone. So you think your website is performing well because your device has the resources and the memory and the RAM to do all that for you, but your users don't have it. So they get to like see your website as janky. So one is education, two is actually meeting your users where they are and trying to simulate as close to the conditions they are going to use your website in. So every business website and uh, every business owner, no matter where, where they are from and uh, what uh, what industry they belongs to, they want their application to uh, upgrade continuously according to the time and uh, according to the needs. So how do you yeah. manage this uh, continuous integration and continuous deployment as a developer? Yeah, definitely. Um, so first of all, like I said, education is key. So that's why part of my consultation is training teams on the, how to be efficient and how to ship really fast. And so it's mostly culture and also knowledge and also processes. So there are processes that let you ship really quickly. And also that's why oftentimes you have to stay on top of what's happening in the web dev space and also great technology. So like, for example, the browsers, for example, have a lot of technologies in them that by default should make your pages fast. You don't have to do anything. For example, there's something we call the back forward cache, which lets, so if a user visits your page and they go to like maybe like a list, like an e-commerce website, right? So they click one of the products and they want to go back immediately. Before now, when they go back, the browser will have to refetch the page. But with the back with the back forward cache, the browser have already cached the last page. So when you go back, it's almost instantaneous. Right? And that's you you get that for free. But you might be blocking it because of the way you are writing your JavaScript. So to stay on top of that, you probably need to be get, be um be more educated. A good website I would say anyone should go like read is web.dev is by Google. It has all this web optimization, um, web performance technology. But if you want help, your problem is unique. It's it's a good place for you to like get um, an expert to come look at your website and look at your business needs and actually give it because it will take you time, and you might be doing a lot of trial and error. And you know, business you don't have time for those. Um, like for you to try things out so you could like get an expert to with all this knowledge to just come help you out and also teach your team so you don't always need that expert so that would be like it will just take out all the hours of you like of you trying to figure it like like you take out the time of you trying to figure things out yourself and just makes you move quicker so you worked as a consultant and uh, you are a developer so 
talking with people as a consultant and uh, talking with the computer with the programming languages and uh, with yeah. the skill set so how is that uh, explaining uh, the business uh, uh, i mean trying to understand the business problems and business needs from the owner or the company and uh, trying to uh, trying to match it with the technology services or technology tools that you have so how do you define two people in your consultant and a developer yeah so i'm sort of like it, the way i think about development so most developers think code first i think problem first and users first so it sort of make it easy for me so even now even when i do my own projects i think what would the user do what do they want to do and then i work my way backwards to the code so it sort of make it very easy so the user need is always my first source of truth so when i speak to clients that is where the conversation starts from what are your users supposed to do with your app or your website then i work backwards into the code so code never comes first for me use cases and reward problems come first it just makes it a lot easy because when you start out building without understanding the problem that's when you make all those mistakes that you have to fix but when you start with a mindset like you're user oriented so it's like Jeff Bezos right which is obsessed over your users so I'm mostly what can the user do what do you want to do I try to forget about the technologies at first and then because of what they want to do or what my clients want to achieve with their businesses I then work my way back to to suggest technologies that will fit that use case not just like a general technology so I get what they want to do and then work my way back with the technology so that's just how I code and that's how I do my consulting so it's all one process so you work for different business uh, uh, applications so what scale they belong to what what? what what is the scale of the business application that you work for it's so it depends so the in, in scale in terms of users a couple of thousands in terms of teams like um i think last one would be like a team of five or more so um so for now i'm i haven't got like a very huge enterprise users with hundreds of thousands of users but mostly low to mid level yeah so that's the scale that belongs to but at the end of the day i believe the needs of a large scale business and the mid scale in terms of the because no business would want to say that let my website be slow right so every business need a performance website so um i haven't had the opportunity to work with the very large customer with hundreds of thousands of users and i think that would be fun too but my choices of course is going to be also engine on their skill but the performance optimization or the javascript project might might stay the same because every business needs no matter how whether you're small or mid or you're large but the technology services or uh, technology resources or the infrastructure that you use for uh, small business application and uh, large scale application is different so uh, it is complex working for uh, uh, application which has a maximum number of users so how do you uh, solve the problem for the biggest application that you work for and in the given time because uh, there should not be a downtime for it 
Yeah, definitely. So, I have the opinion that, so how do I say this? You don't have to overcomplicate things. So sometimes what we think enterprise will probably think it's that complex to uh, apply the same processes for a mid-business to them. But I don't really think it's true. Even though they have large teams, um, the, a good rule would always work for across the spectrum. So, but depending on their users and also for downtime, like you mentioned, I think the technologies today, probably if you're using them right um, and how your apps are architected or your infrastructure is architected, you always aim for like zero downtime. And it's pos- it's, it is possible, especially if you're using like a platform as a service that already have that big thing. But if you're using things like AWS or you are running your own DevOps and stuff, there are a couple of technologies that could help you have zero downtime, especially with the whole load balancing and everything happening. So it's all servers and infrastructure at that point, which is a little bit um, interesting. So you probably going to have to stand um, multiple versions of your application and maybe tweak one part. And then when that one is, you know, optimized, you could wrap the traffic from this other part to that one so you don't have like a downtime. But the deployment strategy always varies and there's so much of them that you could use and it's all very, very much technical. But like I said, if it's shipping or within your JavaScript, it probably will still work for like a large scale business. The same approach that was for mid-level. We just have to look at their unique infrastructure and how to layer all these optimizations and tips on top of it. Well, are you good in uh, doing architecture? Yeah, I. So I love servers, databases, and architecture stuff. Um, I think in big business, what they like are containers and cloud and the Kubernetes and all that stuff. So. Um, Apart from JavaScript, something I've been like, so I would say I'm more of a backend developer than a front-end developer, although I can do both, and you wouldn't really know which one is my strength because I've been doing it for so long. I'm what you call like a full-stack developer, but I, I'm really good with infrastructure, databases, and um, also deployments and just, you know, helping teams build very efficient infrastructures, yeah. So what cloud services you used and uh, which cloud uh, company that you, you worked for? Mm, so for me, I like to keep things simple. So for my applications, I mostly use Render. Render.com is a platform as a service. Um, I was using Heroku before I moved to Render. And Render is a service I just forget I have because they take care of a lot of things. There's a... Um, zero downtime deployment already baked in and there's GitOps. So I if you're in the web dev space you know something called Git so and GitHub. So when I push my code to GitHub um render will detect it and build a new version of my website. And there's no downtime in between because and I can also roll back. So like a previous version if something goes wrong. Or render would actually roll back if the deployment was not successful. So that already gives me zero downtime by default. So that's what I use primarily because it's simple and it also works for 
every type of apps and it's under the hood render deploys on kubernetes and um container stuff so if you already like container render will take that out of your hand for you so that's what i primarily use every time because it just takes the load off the devops bit so you do devops as well as a developer yeah so that's the cool thing with with render i don't have to do devops because render is taking care of it but i have done a couple of devops um, because i have to build and deploy my websites so because i'm a team of one so before render i had to do like a couple of that i had to do some AWS EC2 instances and all that stuff and digital oceans um, and all that stuff. But to this, today, I mostly just use Render. Right, last, what do you say about your service, the service that you're providing also about the technology skill set that you have to my audience for listening and hearing uh, uh, and watching this conversation from anywhere on this planet? Yeah, for sure. So for me is you sort of owe your users the, the good performance for your website, right? And it's very easy to forget that you're building for actual people with diverse context, right? And diverse, so they are all over the world, right? So the first thing I would say is, you need to do the work or your destiny need to do the work to get more educated and measure what they are shipping today to the users. And also with analytics, you could know what part of the world the users are in and how the internet connectivity is there and also the sort of like the range of devices. Then you could actually simulate that for your test. So you know how your website is performing there. Because what you could see on your uh, laptop or your own mobile iPhone or whatever, might not be what they're saying. So get educated, get more efficient by understanding where they are. Second, for my services is, come have a 30 minutes chat with me. If this has been a real pain for your businesses, people are always complaining to your customer support, website is slow, or your dev team, you have a lot of technical debt with the JavaScript and you don't know how to get untangled, or you need like help from an outside eye, because sometimes you don't really see these things, Except you get like a like an expert with refresh eye to come, you know, probe. So I my consultation session starts with like a 30 minutes assessment. Then afterwards, like with the with the turnout time of like a day, I get to see like a well-detailed document of everything I've seen and also ask more questions. So if you don't want to proceed, if you want to do the optimization yourself, that's actually most what most people would do because it saves them a lot of money. But if you want to save time and really let me train your team and also help them augment your team so that they can deploy the solutions quicker to your users, then we can actually do the actual consultation, which can last from one to three weeks. Uh, so, yeah. So come talk to me. Um, Shiplessjavascript.com is the domain. And you could just book a session and we could, you know, help delight your users by shipping less JavaScript. So can you mention your website? Shiplessjavascript.com. So that's S-H-I-P-L-E-S-S-J-A-V-A-S-C-R-I-P-T.com. So shiplessjavascript.com. And this is your company? Yes, this is the website for the consultation. 
my company website is salescast.com because we are, I started out with teaching developers how to build full stack applications on JavaScript. So salescast.com. I'm also on Twitter. You could come find me on Twitter at dominos underscore Kelvin. So we could chat as well. Uh, I put your web links and the website on my website. People who visit my website can able to see the service that you're providing and can also uh, look at the work that you're doing uh, and uh, the problems that you're solving. Uh, also, yeah, I'll good. put uh, all the web links on my... Uh, I'll try to put your website uh, on the screen as well. People who are watching it can able to see it, uh, all the complete video. So at last, as a developer, right. as a business owner, as a consultant, as a person who is into technology, the person who is, in, who is into technology content creation. So what is your observation about my work? Have you seen any videos of mine on YouTube? So I did check a couple of your videos, like not really a couple, like one, when um, you reached out on Twitter. I didn't have the time to watch it fully, to be honest, uh, because, um, but I think, so I also do shows like this. So I have two shows. One is Building Business on JavaScript podcast, and also TKYT, Teach Kelvin Your Thing. That one is highly technical. So I think you're doing really good, like even from the, the questions you're asking. So yeah, I think so. I haven't had the time to watch it, but if I do watch it, probably I just like send you like some DMs or tips. But I think so far it's good. So I personally did master's in software engineering, also bachelor's in computer science nice. and engineering. Right now, I'm doing some DevOps engineering projects for a UK company. So that's my full-time job, uh, DevOps engineer and a software developer. So apart from that, I'm doing interviews like this. More than 700 interviews I have took uh, in last three years. Uh, more 700? Than, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I have interviewed more than 100 countries experts. Uh, mm. So more than 100 countries experts have participated uh, along with the, the, the vice president of Amazon Web Services, Salesforce mm. uh, uh, company, vice president, uh, Microsoft, uh, people who works in Microsoft so from United States, mostly from US, Canada, UK, mm. uh, Germany, France, Paris, like everywhere in the world. So I'm mm. trying to connect all the continents. So this is going very well from me. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's good. Like, yeah, I think I saw the one with AWS. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's fun. Well done. Yeah. So as a founder, as a as a, a company owner, as a business owner, also a developer who who is into technology business. Uh, how? Uh, what is your observation? How this technology skill set that I have, me communicating with computers, uh, it can be DevOps or it can be software development, uh, learning a technology skill set. Uh, and also talk, communicating with different country people who are into different places in the world who speak different kind of English. And and also I interviewed people who are non-technical background, police officers, doctors, authors, psychologists. So how this communication, communicating with human beings and uh, communicating with computers, how this com uh, complete package is going to be helpful for me in, uh, in future? Yeah. So... Um... I have the very strong opinions that what we do in software, it's more of a support role. Because um, whether you're a developer or DevOps person, the only reason why you have a job is because there are actual businesses that are servicing real people 
that needs the support. All right? So do not downplay the people part of what we do. So most developers just focus on the code and they're sort of like oblivious to the fact that this code will not exist if there's no need for it. For example, let's talk about Facebook, for example, right? So Facebook gave us React, right? But the only reason they gave us React is because they were building a social network. So Facebook did build a social network to build React. They built React to build a social network. So the people in Facebook don't care about React. They don't care about React Native. They don't even know what that is, right? But that's the reason why Facebook built it. So if you think about it, our job is to leverage computers, leverage all our understanding of technologies to solve real problems. So if you really want to set yourself apart, you always have to think this way, that your skill set is support to real world businesses. It's a mindset shift. It makes you not be overly zealous about a particular technology or, you know, to you know, like what people do now, they fight about frameworks and all that kind of shit. No, you focus on problems, right? Like, for example, Amazon, right? They started out with what? They are like a store, but online. But now we have Amazon Web Services. They are this giant in technology. You can see they build all that to build Amazon, which is the online store. So there's always going to be a people part. There's always going to be communication. So to me, the people part is more important than the code part because if there's no people, there's no need for code. So if there's no businesses, there's no need for code, right? So what you're doing now is really, really good because you get to network, which is more important than the code because you can be the best developer or best developer person and if no one knows who you are, you're not going to get no job, you're not going to get no opportunities because, like I said, no people, no code, right? Nobody, if there's no person that needs it, there's no business that needs it, you never have the opportunity. So since you're putting yourself out there, more of like being a nice person, a helpful person to the business, so not when we start, you're all overly technical, you think in computers, you forget that the business are the ones who pay the bills. So you need to know how to talk to them in the way that they will understand. So I think that's the way to go, where you focus more, like Amazon, like Jeff Bezos, obsess over the user, obsess, obsess over the, the businesses, their real-world use cases before the technology. So technology comes last, people first. Yeah. Great observation. Uh, it's valuable for me. Can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Yeah, for sure. Please go ahead. Uh, also, can I put this audio and video clip on my podcast website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Yeah, definitely. You could do that. Yeah, I hope uh, it reaches to a lot of people and it helps a lot of people and uh, also yeah, it benefits sure. a lot of people. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you again. It's been fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, sir. Bye.